chronological, do you mean chronological as in the order they were released or the order in which they take place? The Star Wars order. So the order that they take place in. Okay. Um, we watched Iron Man first because I wanted to watch Iron Man. And then I was like, ah, we should just watch all the Marvel movies in God's intended order. <laughs> um, so we're at the Avengers now. Very nice. Yeah, we're getting into like... The Like, the first ones are fine. Like, they're good. I love First Avenger because I'm in love with Peggy Carter, and everyone knows that. But, like, once you get past the Avengers, the movies get better. Yeah, they definitely pick up in, like, Phase 2. Like, Phase 1 was good, but, like, Phase 2 was when it, like, really started to click. It's when they realized, oh, we should make these kind of funny. Yeah. Which, when you have fucking Chris Hemsworth and Robert Downey Jr., like, that's exactly what you need to do. Exactly. Anyways, um, big balls of yarn, you say? Uh, twine. Twine. Sorry. Completely Man. different. And I was actually a little bit offended when I, I saw... <laughs> I titled the session Yarn Wars because I thought it was funny, and now I'm wrong. I told you. I already you thought did. of you a did great me. name for this episode. Uh, today, okay. Um, I got a couple sources for this. A couple. Um, just a couple. Uh, the first is an article from The Atlantic called Twisted, the battle to be the world's largest ball of twine. And then the biggest ball of twine Wikipedia page. Uh, the yarn shop that I used to go to when I bought fancy yarn was called Twisted. That's a good name. Good yarn name. It's expensive as yarns. All right. So, Emily, we live mm. in a country that is deeply divided. Over oh, which God. of these United States can boast the world's largest ball of twine? Is this some, like, Midwest drama nonsense? <laughs> this is absolutely some Midwest drama nonsense. All right, so there are four states that claim the title. You have Minnesota, of course, uh, Wisconsin, Kansas, and Missouri. But which one is truly the largest remains a controversy to this day. I'm assuming it's Minnesota or else we wouldn't have brought this up. You might be surprised by the answer. <laughs> oh, now we're a clickbait podcast. Okay, so the original, the first, the OG, the OG. <laughs> of course, is in Minnesota because Minnesota, as we all know, has a well-deserved reputation as a national trendsetter. And being a deeply bored state. <laughs> uh, so this is created by Francis Johnson, who's a farmer in Meeker County, which is kind of, it's uh, it's like probably an hour west of the city's. Uh, he began wrapping his ball of twine in 1950 and didn't stop until his death in 1979. This is like the Winchester Mystery House of twine. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so at the time of his passing, the ball itself measured 40 feet in circumference, stood 11 feet high, and weighed an estimated 17,400 pounds. Jesus. Johnson's descendants donated the ball to the city of Darwin, where it remains to this day, enclosed behind a wall of glass in a specially designed gazebo. They are not fucking around with this ball of twine. No, how like tall did you say it was? Eleven feet. Okay, that's so, that's respectable. That's it is very respectable. And forty feet, like in forty feet around, I mean, it's sizable. It's pretty big ball of twine. Did did they specify what gauge of twine they were using? They did not. It kind of because it, you know. I guess you can't just get the same brand over <laughs> that many years. Over forty years, probably not. Uh so. This ball held the Guinness record from 1979 to 1994. It has its own Twitter account, and most importantly, it was immortalized in a song by Weird Al in 1989. Well, that makes it the best. Yes. <laughs> the town holds an annual twine ball day because oh, this God. is the kind of excitement you can find in rural Minnesota. An adjacent museum and gift shop documents the history of the ball and sells a variety of souvenirs. So next time you come to Minnesota, 
we might take a little road trip out to Darwin. Um, yeah, I can't judge because like Area Fifty One has like eight. Well, not Area Fifty One, but uh, Roswell has alien themed fucking everything like you just work with what you got i guess yeah pretty much i mean darwin is probably a town of 300 400 people i've passed through it once or twice there's not a lot else going on i can tell you that it's the kind of place that an episode of supernatural starts 100 uh so in 1953 news of francis johnson's twine ball made its way to cocker city kansas where another farmer named Frank Stober decided he would make a stupidly large ball of twine of his own. Oh, God. So he actually got the Guinness record first. The book gave it to him, gave him the title of largest ball in 1973. But then after he passed in 1974, Francis Johnson was still working on his. Mm. So he was able to surpass him, and the title was passed to the Darwin Ball in 1979. I mean, it's... The other guy's fault for not, like, bequeathing the ball to someone in his will to, like, keep up the good work. (laughs) Here's the thing. Cocker City did not give up. After Frank's (laughs) death, the rest of the town did take up his mantle, continued to add to the ball, and it is, in fact, growing to this day. I would watch the shit out of that Lifetime movie. (laughs) Visitors are encouraged to contribute to the project, and the town even holds an annual (laughs) twin-a-thon. God. So the most recent measurements I could find were um, from 2014, which is bizarre. Like, even their website doesn't list, like, what the current measurements I mean, are. That doesn't sound like something you do every year. Fair enough, yeah. Like the census. <laughs> but uh, in 2014, at least, it measured 41.42 feet in circumference, stood ah. 10.8 feet in height, and weighed nearly 20,000 20, pounds. And, of course, by all accounts, it is probably bigger than that today. So it's not as tall as it's like maybe a couple inches shorter but rounder okay they and it weighs more okay yeah so this okay this is where you get the controversy Hmm. (laughs) the deeply dramatic controversy so while the cocker city ball is objectively bigger by measurements it's a community ball the darwin ball was wrapped solely and exclusively by francis johnson i mean yeah but like with you have, like, the community that, that built it. Like, that's more special. I don't necessarily disagree, but, like, this is where we start to see everyone starting to add asterisks, asterisks <laughs> to their title. It's not the major leagues. Jesus Christ. So both Cocker City and Darwin claim the title home of the world's largest twine ball, but they hedge their claims with a few key distinctions. So Darwin is the largest ball of twine wrapped by one man, while Cocker City hosts the largest ball of twine wrapped by a community. But still, Emily, there are other contenders. <laughs> Inspired sure by are. the competition between Minnesota and Kansas, J.C. Payne, a retired Mason in Valley View, Texas, decided that in 1987 that he had what it took to beat the record. Uh, so after, to quote from the Atlantic article, aggressively accumulating donated twine. Aggressively, <laughs> aggressively receiving donations. He wrapped an enormous ball 41.5 feet in diameter, and it was declared by Guinness as a record holder in 1994. How do you even wrap it once it reaches a certain weight? Because, like, you can't get under it. The one, uh, I think eventually you kind of just start going around and around. I guess. But I know they they specified the one in Darwin had to be moved by railway equipment. Like, oh it was the God. only thing. So, I mean, you can get it, but it takes, it takes some doing. <laughs> Payne immediately sold the ball to Ripley's Believe It or Not, and it currently resides in their museum in Branson, Missouri, where you can pay $17.99 to see it in person. Wow, that's what the... Uh, huh. So other twine ball enthusiasts, because there are those, uh, <laughs> specifically those in Darwin and Cocker City, they view the Branson ball as a little gauche, 
Oh. <laughs> for one, it seems that Payne rather shamelessly kind of undertook the whole project solely for financial gain, which... His heart's not in it. No, his, yeah, like, it wasn't just for fun. It was because he was specifically trying to beat the record and sell it for a bunch of money and, you I want to make fun of the phrase twine ball enthusiast, <laughs> but... Today, I was, like, walking around my apartment, taking a break, and realized that I have multiple Pez dispensers still in the box. So, like, it, yeah. Just yeah. be an enthusiast about anything, I guess. Like, it just happens. Twine ball enthusiast, though. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the creators of the Darwin and Cocker City Balls, you know, they're in it for the love of the sport. The sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the sport. It's a sport. Uh, but more importantly, this is... Very important. The Branson ball isn't made from the traditional sisal twine used by Francis Johnson and Frank Stober. It's made from nylon twine, which is not only stronger and easier to manage, thus making it easier to construct a very large ball, it's much lighter. So the Branson ball weighs only 12,000 pounds, which is considerably less than either the Darwin or the Cocker City balls. All right, but that's like complaining that like rocket ships today aren't real (laughs) rocket ships because they're made with better materials than like the original ones. Like, seems a little picky. So the asterisk now, if you go to uh, the biggest ball of twine Wikipedia page is the Branson ball is the world's largest ball of twine made out of nylon twine. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. So there is, however, a final contender. Okay. In Lake Nebogamon? Nebogamon. I knew how to pronounce this yesterday and then forgot it. Is that like a Pokemon? I thought it sounded like a Digimon, but yeah. So Lake Nebogamon, Wisconsin. (laughs) A man named James Franco Terra, or JFK, to his friends. uh, I'm sure. (laughs) Inspired by a 1979 newspaper article about the Darwin Ball, has been constructing a giant ball of twine in his own backyard for over 40 years. Uh, JFK uses a slightly different method of construction. So, like, instead of, like, winding twine around, it kind of he weaves it together out of short lengths of twine. It looks like more of a net mm. rather than, like, winding it around. Mm-hmm. So the ball is actually much smaller. It is only 25, 24 feet in circumference, just over, like, six and a half feet in height. But it is incredibly dense. So <laughs> did you have a question? No, I was just... Twine? No, I was stuck on the JFK thing, and I wish I could do a better JFK, because... JFK sounds like a character, because he, he kind of keeps this in his backyard, and um, he has, like, a bunch of signs that say, like, how big it is and how much it weighs. And he also has a bunch of signs about how God told him to stop drinking. Oh, my God. He, like, there's pictures of him in the Atlantic article, and he's kind of got, like, he's just, you know, typical Midwestern farmer. He's got kind of a pot belly, and his, like, buttons are kind of askew, and so, like... The top of his shirt is open and the bottom of his shirt is open. Are you just describing your dad? You said typical Midwestern farmer. I mean, my dad's pretty skinny, but <laughs> other than that, yeah. So, <laughs> Jesus. Is JFK your dad? He might be. <laughs> we'll never solve that mystery. <laughs> so by JFK's own estimate, he's done this by like weighing each bag of twine that he adds onto the ball. The Lake Nabagamon ball weighs in at an unbelievable 20,800 20, pounds and continues to grow to this day. He's juicing that twine. <laughs> so for what it's worth, Tim Wang, who wrote this article for The Atlantic, he went and measured each of the four balls himself in 2014. He declared the Cocker City ball the victor. That man got paid to measure twine balls. Yes, he did. And he got to travel to such exotic locations as Minnesota 
and Wisconsin. Minnesota's great. I still think about that burger that I had. Minnesota is great, and everyone should no. Don't well, don't move here. And those honey covered cheese curds. But the uh, come visit. Give us your tourism dollars. As Prince used to say, the cold keeps the riffraff out. (laughs) So um, the uh, I can't remember the state that has the biggest wine. Kansas. Uh, Kansas. Wow. Specifically, though, built a large bottle of wine built by a community. Mm. I will say, I agree that the largest bottle of wine built by one man is still resides in Minnesota. Of course, of course, and that's an important distinction to make. And I feel like we should specify when we're talking about this thing. Well, I do talk about it so often, so it's good to have that information. Now you have some great uh, trivia, I guess. Yeah, if the episode that came out last week wasn't enough for you, here's one that will just tip the scales. You are going to win every single trivia game from here on out with this knowledge that we've given you. You're welcome. Honestly, when I used to be on a trivia team, like my speciality was like random shit that doesn't fit into the other categories. (laughs) My specialty I found in trivia is like knowing things that I like have no reason to know, like about TV shows I've never seen. But like, yeah, yeah. Because of os- like cultural osmosis, I just have that information in my head. That's been the thing. Like, I will recognize when someone is a WWE wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I don't watch wrestling, but it's all from Shane and listening to, like, Griffin McElroy talk about it. Mm-hmm. Because I, he'll, like, someone will mention a name and be like, I need to know what this person looks like. And then I just, <laughs> I have that information now. The most wrestling I've watched in the last, like, 15 years has been the movie Fighting With My Family. Yeah, that tracks. And I wasn't watching it for the wrestling. (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure I know exactly who you were watching that one for. The Rock. Obviously. Yeah, it wasn't Florence Pugh. Sweet, (laughs) sweet Earth Angel. All right, well, congratulations, Minnesota. You're welcome. On being independent. (laughs) This is an independently owned twine ball. Independent, yeah. You know, your good old mom and pop twine balls. Um, I hope people are still going to look at it, even in these trying times. I definitely need to make my... Like, I've gone through Darwin. I don't think I've ever stopped You need to, to make a pilgrimage? Ball. I do. Might be a good quarantine road trip. In the spring. I'm not going to do it in the winter. Well, no. It's, it's hell out there in the winter. It's literally a tundra. Ah. Well, thank you for that. I, I know one more fun fact now. Excellent. Or I'm glad. four more, I guess. <laughs> All right, children. I don't know how to sign these off anymore. It's been no so long. Goodbye. Goodbye. Love you. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to sobelowmedia.com. This this is as above, so below.